Sal shoved Matt over the threshold into the museum. Matt steadied himself and took a look around the entrance hall. He'd been here a couple of times before on family excursions, the last time about two years ago. As he recalled, his kids had been pretty bored, breezing through the place as quickly as possible so as to put the rest of a summer day to better use. Dimly lit from above, Matt recognized the wall mural depicting the map of Earth known to sailors of the 1700s. Upon its stylized ocean waves, imaginatively rendered sea monsters destroyed ships and consumed men. Sal's three accomplices rumbled through the door after him. The cavernous space darkened further with the closing of the door. Matt watched as Sal pulled on a pair of white latex gloves, and the other three men did the same. A couple of them had flashlights, and they flicked them on. The two without lights unfolded large, empty duffel bags. What's going on, Sal? Matt asked, terrified now. Stay with me, Matt, old boy. You're the key man. As in, you've got the keys. Behind them, one of Sal's men shortled loudly. Pablo, shut it. Let's get to work. At the center of the entrance hall was a glass display case on a pedestal containing an antique brass diving helmet. Pablo raised a pipe wrench to it. He motioned to one of their associates, a stocky Mexican, sporting tattoos of cursive writing on his neck. Juanito, put the bag over it. Won't be so loud. The man lay his bag over the display cube. As was intended, the canvas muffled the sound of Pablo's wrench shattering the glass. Juan shook the glass off the bag while Pablo hefted his prize. This thing's heavy, man, he said, easing it into the duffel. Sal watched over the act before proclaiming, Good work, boys. Let's fill her up and get her done. He pointed his pistol at Matt, who had been standing silently watching the theft in progress. Move it, Saint. Stay with me. Sal waved the pistol deeper into the museum, where two long rows of display cases framed a central room featuring several standalone exhibit cases. Matt walked over to one of the cases. He stood there as Sal pointed at the case, and Pablo followed with his pipe wrench. Soon a lot of old seafaring tools found their way into Sal's duffel bags, sextants, telescopes, various brass and copper fittings. While his men loaded the bag, Sal flitted about the room, appraising its wares. He seemed conscious of both time and the fact that they would only be able to carry so much. Over the next few minutes, Sal would point, Pablo would smash, and the other two men, whose names Matt hadn't heard yet, would fill their bags. Navigation charts, hundreds of years old, the bell from a slave trading ship, unopened nineteenth-century rum bottles, all of these and more ended up in the bags. They progressed through the museum rapidly, but seemingly without fear of alarms or discovery. And Matt knew why. The museum was old. Dallas Draper was old. He'd been running it since before electronic alarm systems were commonplace, and, like his taste in boats, Dallas was old-fashioned. He locked display cases, and when he left he locked the museum doors. But that was the extent of his security. It wasn't like he kept works by da Vinci and Van Gogh, 
or had the Hope Diamond in here. To him it was only a collection of old nautical curiosities that were just interesting and valuable enough to warrant its location on the town's harbor. Matt was jarred from his unpleasant thoughts by the muffled sound of more glass-breaking. Sal had found the section devoted to the whaling days. Harpoons, ivory scrimshaw, candles made from whale oil, 1800s flensing knives and the like were captured by Sal's cavernous duffels. Sal moved to a section of the room devoted to the sea's natural wonders. Black pearls, large shark jaws, sea otter pelts and seal skins, giant clamshells, and beautiful coral pieces were on display in a translucent case. 